The Summer Olympics are already over for some athletes. Yesterday, nine track and field athletes were sent home after failing doping tests, and the list is growing. Today, a Greek high jump champion, two Turkish weightlifters, and a Hungarian discus thrower. They were all kicked out of the London Games for using banned substances. BBC Science correspondent Matt McGraw has been following the story. This is part of uh, what the uh, authorities would believe would be, I suppose, getting rid of the deadwood before the event. I mean, they're starting to undergo a large number of tests. I mean, London is promising to do 5,000 urine and 1,000 blood tests. For about a week now, the testing has been in the hands of the International Olympic Committee. They have been going about doing some tests, and some of these failures are a result of that. Yeah, and this is the first year for uh, what's being called a biological passport scheme. What, what is that? The idea is that over a long period of time, you take samples regularly from athletes, from cyclists, blood and urine, and then you're able to monitor them against themselves, essentially. So if there's a change in your blood parameters, suddenly you've got more, say, young red blood cells in your system. The authorities are able to say, look, we don't know what you're up to, but we know you're up to something and therefore we're going to ban you. The difficulty for it, of course, is that uh, it's only been in cycling. It's only been in a limited way in athletics. And there have been very few prosecutions taken under the passport because it is a an interpretative science. It's down to the scientists to say, I think you're doing something. I'm not quite sure what it is, but we think from the indicators that you're doing something. And is the point to, to track down some kind of newfangled drug that everyone's using these days? What, what are they looking for? The laboratory that's been set up here in London is, is possibly the most advanced that's ever been at an Olympic Games. I mean, they're spending enough money on it. GlaxoSmithKline are spending somewhere in the region of $30 million on it. So they believe that they can track pretty much anything. They, I wouldn't say they're getting a little bit big-headed. And I think they are actually getting a little bit big-headed. They're saying that there's pretty much no substance out there at the moment that they can't test for. The things that have given them the biggest problems, though, have been blood doping, traditional, old-fashioned, old-school blood doping. You take some blood out of your system, you store it, you rebuild back up the blood cells, and then just before the competition, you reinfuse that stored blood. No test exists for that at the moment. But a lot of the time, the offences are, are very old school. This uh, Greek high jumper uh, who uh, failed the test in London, the latest one, he was, he's been done, I believe, for stenozolol. And that was the drug, an old-fashioned steroid that uh, Ben Johnson went down mm. for in the games in Seoul you know, in 1988. So um, there are a lot of old school medications still around, it appears. Matt, Olympic athletes aren't weekend warriors who who take drugs to make them special. They're already highly trained sports machines. Now, you've spoken with uh, a doctor who says essentially that drugs are just another tool in an elite athlete's toolbox. Is there a movement afoot to just legalize them? There are some people who believe that, look, if you have athletes who are competing and they're using modification, that should be allowed. That's part of what happens in society. We shouldn't take a dim view of it when it comes to sport. We have in this Games, for instance, we have the technological athlete, Oscar Pistorius, who was running with the two carbon blades for his feet. You know, this wouldn't have happened 20 or 30 years ago. You also um, have people, the cyclists, you know, one bike is is better than the other. One bike is more scientific Oh, absolutely. Is that technological doping? Is it financial doping in the sense of, you know, you have more money, more resources to throw at things? Uh, There are some who make that argument. The question going forward for the World Anti-Doping Agency, the people who make the rules in this area is, you know, do we just continue with a a full ban on everything or do we say that some things are not as dangerous and not as performance enhancing as we we need? Their final resort really is that if things are deemed as dangerous for an athlete's health, they can ban them on that grounds. But they also have this idea of protecting the integrity of sport. And this comes up every time there's Olympics, just about every time there's a Tour de France and so on. 
but there are thousands of athletes participating in these games, and, and we all tend to focus each time they come around on the cheats. Is that unfair? It's unfair to brand everybody and to think about the games more so in terms of they're all cheats, because they're certainly not. But there are some elements of people out there who will go to extreme lengths to organize and, and dope. It upsets people because it's, you know, people want to believe what they see out there, and, um, and they should. And that's what the whole, I suppose, anti-doping effort is all about. Matt McGraw, thank you so much. My pleasure.